before the season even started, I knew Duvall was going to be back on our team somehow, some way. I just knew it. Mike Trout might be one of the safest bets in history, to be honest. As soon as that happened, it's like Gervonta Davis turned to switch and he went into kill mode. And Terrence Crawford, um, there's an argument that he might be the most feared man in boxing right now. Not really seeing many names stepping up, calling him out. If the MLB doesn't do something about it soon, uh, we could potentially be looking at another, maybe like a mini steroid era scandal on the MLB. Welcome to the All Takes No Whiffs podcast. Here are your hosts, Christian and A. Hindi. Welcome to another episode of the All Takes No Whiffs podcast. This week, we're going to be getting into the impact of Mookie getting injured and what that means for the Dodgers and baseball as a whole. And we're also going to be recapping Better BF versus Joe Smith Jr., seeing what we think is going to happen for the winner moving forward. And we're also going to be previewing the super flyweight title fight between Bam Rodriguez and Srisakit Sor Rungvisai. We've got a good amount of interesting things to get into, and I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it too, and let's get into it. The Los Angeles Dodgers took a pretty big blow this past week and losing Mookie Betts for a few weeks to a cracked rib. Uh, this is pretty big implications, not only with the Dodgers, but all around baseball. Mookie Betts is one of the front runners for NL MVP and quite frankly, is just one of the best players in all of baseball and just someone we want to see having success. It's just really unfortunate to see him go down, but the Dodgers are going to have to do something to replace him, and they already have in trading for Trace Thompson, Clay Thompson's brother, if you didn't know that, from the Detroit Tigers. And I don't know if they really need that much replacement because they can, they're can they so good anyway, but Christian, I was just kind of wondering, what do you think about this? Yeah, man, like you said, tough break for the Dodgers. Even though the Dodgers as stacked as they are, I, Mookie's a central piece to that team. Yeah, I guess a replacement will do for now because I, I do think like they have the pieces that'll step up. And I really do think that the Dodgers aren't in that much of an uncomfortable position. Like I know the Padres are playing well in their division, but I think that at the very least they could safely secure a wild card spot, even with like a lot of bad cases. But yeah, man, no, Mookie just being out, it just really sucks in general. I know, obviously, especially with you, but a lot of guys – we aren't really favorable towards the Dodgers. That's just how it is. You know, they're a successful team. We want our teams to succeed. But it really just does suck to see that with Mookie because as a fan of baseball, you just got to appreciate what he does on the field, man. And even though he is going to be out for some time, I do think that he's going to be capable of bouncing back sooner or later. Like you said, it was it's a few weeks. It's definitely going to suck, especially on the run he's had. But... I could definitely feel for Dodgers fans. It's like if Aaron Judge went down right now with something, even if it's not for that extended of a period of time, I just I would I would drop to my knees at Walmart. Yeah, and this was kind of a situation that really should have never even happened. Um him and Cody Bellinger actually collided trying to catch a fly ball and I mean, that is just an unfortunate situation. We see this happen a few times a year. Uh, sometimes people get hurt. Sometimes they don't. I mean, this is just what happens. And it, it shouldn't have happened. Uh, both guys are trying to make a play. I guess either one of them didn't call each other off or they just didn't hear each other in that loud stadium they're in. But And it just sucks that it happened. And 
I just hope he gets back soon because Mookie was having a really, really good season before this happened. Yeah, no doubt. Even like you said, he's an MVP front runner, definitely making the race close. Uh, as of right now, I would give the edge to Paul Goldschmidt. He's just on a tear as well. But hmm, uh, I, I think that just this leaves room for opportunity for another name to really step up in the MVP race. Uh, and I honestly wanted to know, do you think Bryce Harper could be one of those guys? Yeah, I absolutely think Bryce Harper could be one of those guys. I mean, this dude's batting out of his mind this year. We previewed him earlier this year. He tore his UCL on his elbow, so he can't play defense anymore this year. But what he's doing with the bat is the same thing he did last year when he won MVP. He's he's having an unreal year this year again. And their Phillies are playing extremely hot baseball right now, and he's a big part of that. So, yeah, I definitely think Bryce Harper could be one of those guys that are creeping into that MVP conversation. Bryce has definitely been living up to his contract with Philly, to be honest. It, obviously, the team's success hasn't really shown yet. You can't put it on him, but Bryce personally has been out of his mind in a Phillies uniform. And honestly, even though Bryce definitely could creep into that conversation, I feel like Acuna could really have a chance to as well. I know he hasn't been playing from the start. Obviously, it was the right thing to do to take, like, for the team to take their time with him and make sure he's just healthy and capable of doing what he usually does. And it seems like he's back to it 100%, in my opinion. I want to know what you think about that as a British fan. Acuna's playing MVP-level baseball right now. I wouldn't put him up there at the top of the list yet for MVP contenders, but he's definitely getting there. He looks like his normal self again. He's batting. He's playing defense. He looks healthy. I think Michael Harris being in center field has really taken a toll off of Acuna not having to play center field anymore, and he can just stick in right field. But the power numbers really haven't been there for Acuna like recently, and I think that's because he wasn't 100% yet. But now that we are seeing him driving the ball to all fields, uh, he hit a 470-foot home run the other day that was just absolutely clobbered, and he's stealing bases. He's potentially one of those guys who could be a 30-30, 40-40 guy one day. And I think if he can really put that together this year, that he's going to. He's already got 11 stolen bases and I think 10 home runs, 9 home runs. we got plenty of baseball left. I can see him getting there and creeping into that MVP conversation. And first and foremost, it's just really great to see him back on the field. Like with Mookie, especially in Acuna's case, though, tough break for not just the Braves, but all of baseball when, when he went out with that ACL tear and just seeing him back. And in my opinion, the question is being answered, like if he can bounce back and be his usual self, I'm just really glad to see that those have been answered because like Acuna's trajectory from the jump has been astronomical. In my opinion, he's got potential to be just one of the most talented baseball players to ever live. And it was just a really tough break, but I'm, I'm glad. I'm just so glad that that he's back to his usual self. It's yeah, it's definitely nice to see and I'm super happy about it and it's really helped us take off. I mean, you don't win 14 games in a row for no reason, but he's he was a big part of it. I think Michael Harris, like I said earlier, is another really just huge factor in taking a huge toll off Acuña not having to play center field every day. And by the way, Michael Harris is so damn good. He's batting like 340 something right now since he's been called up. And he's, he, this dude is legit. 
I feel that it's it's always like reassuring and just gives it gives you a good feeling when you see a young guy on your team step up. It's just real bright spot for the future. And I think Michael Harris definitely can hold it down for you guys. And that's just really the floor. Obviously, he can he has potential to do anything because he's one of the best baseball players in the world. He's in the MLB. Seeing the success, though, Alex, like, what do you think is the best part of like? What do you think are like the strong assets of his game and maybe things that he can improve on with experience? Michael Harris already has one of the best arms in all of Major League Baseball. The other day, he let out a hundred mile an hour throw from right center field to third base, and it was right on the money. And I think people are already learning pretty quick that they're not going to be able to run on him. And I, definitely, I would say his defense is the best thing about him. Uh, he can cover a lot of ground. He's very quick. He gets good reads. But, I mean, his arm is unreal. The one thing that really I, I, would, I wouldn't say I'm worried about because I've seen him hit a decent amount of home runs to the opposite field, and that means you're letting the ball travel and stuff and really getting under it. But this dude can really, really just flat-out fly around the bases. He has made a difference on the base pass this year, and it's it's – been amazing to see and he's batting in the nine hole right there with Acuna coming up after him so you have Acuna and him back to back I mean it's pretty lethal combo and it's it's proven out to really Mm -hmm. play benefits right now yeah man I know you guys had that tough break with Ozzy but I think I think it's still within the Braves capability of having a successful season I mean look what they did last season with their backs against the wall so and the Braves are a great franchise so things are I think good things are bound to happen for them. Unless they run into my Yankees, though, in the World Series. Yeah, we'll smack that ass. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Well, I mean, but first we got to get there. And the Mets, I mean, they're legit this year. Uh, They're up on us five and a half games right now. And they honestly kind of scare me this year. I'm not going to lie, because they haven't gotten Scherzer and DeGrom back. And they're still five and a half games up. So still got to get past them for the division. Uh, The wild card's still available, but... I definitely would rather win the division. Yeah, I see what you mean. I'll be honest with you. I, I don't want to sound like a hater right now towards the Mets. They're, they're doing their thing, and I'll give them their credit. But, man, Mets fans have some real, like, Phoenix Sun, Suns fans vibes to them, if you get what I'm saying. <laughs> like, all right, yo, yo, they're playing top-tier, like, quality in their sport. But they, they haven't they proven can't, it yet. They, they can't win it when yet. it matters. But they're chatting. They're chatting to other teams, like 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 they're the big dogs, like to the Warriors. And I'm like, hey man, come on, you, you gotta you gotta you gotta prove it first. And that's honestly more so just towards the fans than the Mets, really. Like the Mets are doing their thing. They're playing solid baseball. I'm I'm not speaking on them like that. I just had to I had to say something about the fans real quick. Yeah, I see what you're saying. They'll prove it. Hopefully, maybe this year. Hopefully not. I really don't want them to prove it. So my Braves can be better, but. I'm just hoping Mookie can recover quickly. I hope that this cracked rib recovers quickly. I know that's not a fun injury to have just in general, but it has opened up the MVP race around Major League Baseball a little bit. He's only going to be out maybe two or three weeks, so it may not close that much. We'll see about that. Yeah, there's a whole lot going on in this league right now. I'm hoping Mookie bounces back soon as well. Can't wait to see him back on the field doing his thing because... It's been a great season so far all around, and I'm just really looking forward to seeing how it pans out. All 
Artur Beterbiev really might just be one of the scariest men in boxing because that performance he put on against a guy with power like Joe Smith Jr., it was just outclassed, outpowered, and just destruction, straight up. Uh, he broke him down quick and honestly ex- really exceeded my expectations. I thought better BF was just going to take some time to get going, but nope. As soon as Joe Smith Jr. felt his power, honestly, he kind of succumbed to it because better BF's power is really just different. The thud that you hear when he connects, bro, it's it's just different and better BF, man. Last person in the world I want to have a problem with. Probably wouldn't want to have a problem with him either after seeing that performance. <laughs> but yeah, like you said, this was just utter dominance. Better BF definitely deserves to be uh, in the pound for pound top 10 list now. And that's something we'll probably go over in a little bit. But yeah, this fight was very quick. <laughs> this fight ended in the second round pretty quickly. And I mean, there's honestly not really much to talk about with the fight other than uh, Better BF just absolutely dominated him but christian uh honestly what did you just think of this dominant performance i don't mean to bring up canelo out of the blue but i do think this is a good showing of even though canelo took his l he made the right move fighting you know which a champion at 175 because it would have been a tough scene if he went with better bf i'm gonna be honest with you better bf i'm not saying he's a better pound for pound fighter than canelo but the fact that that's his weight class, Canelo would be meeting him up there, and, and all due respect to Triple G, but I don't, I don't think Canelo has dealt with anyone with the power like Better BF. And I just he he made the right move taking his L against Bivol in a decision because it wouldn't have been a decision against Better BF in my opinion. But Better BF, in my opinion, I think there is one goal in mind that's ideal for him, and that's that's taking on Dimitri Bivol. And I, I think he's got a fight already lined up with Anthony Yare, but I do think that his the biggest step for him would be the undisputed fight between him and Bivol down the line. And I think he has opportunities. I honestly weight classes above him as well. He's he's really that type of guy. That would be one epic fight, and I would really, really love to see that happen. To be honest, that that would just be so good. But do you think that after this fight? Do you think better be if it's cracked the pound for pound top ten list? Me personally, I do think I would have to have him at like the late, like the back end of it, maybe around nine or ten. Uh, speaking of pound for pound list, I do think we definitely should get into what ESPN thinks about it because I have a few thoughts of myself. Yeah, this list is very suspect. Honestly, um, I, there's some people who should maybe not be on the list there's some people who are in some weird places but this is a list made up by espn boxing analysts and people who call the fights and some judges and one person that i really think is out of place and i know christian you agree with this is alexander Usyk, and this guy is at sixth on the list and i do not agree with that at all man with Usyk, you can make an argument for him being pound for pound number one I personally don't have him there. I I would have him interchangeable at two or three, but like six. First of all, Tyson Fury at five. Not this isn't a knock against Tyson Fury's ability, but like this man, his future in boxing seems like Floyd Mayweather esque right now. So I don't know if I would really consider him. And 
I think as of now, we should just take his word. Hey, he's done. He's done with competing. So I don't think he should be at five personally. And skill wise, I could see why he would be involved. But I think as of right now, I would rather have Devin Haney in the list over Lomachenko. But by far the biggest issue, like you said, is Usyk's placement on this list. I'm ESPN. They 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 whiff a lot on things, but that man, big whiff. Yeah, that one kind of doesn't really make sense. I don't know why he's that far down there. I mean, he uh, he doesn't deserve to be there, and it just makes no sense. And another one that it's it's not really surprising, but I still do think Errol Spence Jr. is a little too high. I think maybe five is where he should be at instead of three. Uh, that's just my personal opinion, and I just, just think he's a little bit too high. Straight up too high. Three is too high for Errol Spence. I think this is just my take on it, but I really do think that the top three is pretty interchangeable that I won't like I won't argue against it if it's not my personal opinion. That it's between Bud, Inoue, and Usyk. Those are the guys that have the best resumes with without any sort of blemishes. Like Canelo was at number one. He just took the L and rightfully so. He moves down on the list. These guys, they haven't had anything against them. And not only that, I, I really do think that their success at more than one weight class is a big factor, in my opinion, as to why they're up there. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And honestly, if this is my personal opinion too for this one, but I honestly think Shakur Stevens should, should be higher. I thought he should be on the pound for pound list before this previous fight. And I a 10 is good for him, I guess, but... I still think he should be at maybe eight at the highest. I would personally have him over Better Biev. I think Better Biev just cracks the list a lot more than Stevenson. Shakur, honestly, even though Better Biev is just one of the best fighters in the world, regardless, perfect knockout percentage. His record, obviously, not too many fights on it, but that's just because he came into his career like accomplished, like a dec- he was a decorated amateur. So his opportunities of fighting champions came a lot sooner that's just that's really how it works a lot of times in boxing and in his 18 fights he's proven that he's one of the most dangerous men to get into the ring with in the world even with that though i do think shakur has accomplished a little bit more he is a multi-division champion better bf has just been campaigning at 175 but as of right now i would i would have to agree with you shakur should be higher and like I said, I do think Devin Haney should be on this list too. He's undisputed champion at one of the most important weight classes in boxing. Yeah, that one's kind of a head scratcher too. Uh, Devin Haney should definitely be on this list. I don't know how he's not on here. Undisputed champion. <laughs> that makes no sense. Hey man, this is just somebody's, it's like a group of people's opinions. I'm not going to put too much weight onto it. I feel like I feel like we have a basic understanding of what we think is a proper pound for pound list exactly but as for this weekend of boxing coming up we've got a super flyweight title match between bam rodriguez and sore room that fight's in my opinion going to be a banger a super underrated fight like a lot of other of the smaller weight classes are because those are just quality entertainment and bam rodriguez the young guy who stepped up as a replacement for this guy that he's fighting in a title fight Won the title, and now he's defending it against the guy who's he's all good now. And Rune Visay is no slouch at all. One of the best boxers of this generation, Jokalatito, went up against him a couple of times. And 
Rumvisai, I'm pretty sure, has a couple of dubs over him. One of them was a brutal knockout. And it, it was just crazy to see one of the best fighters in the world go through that. But that just proves that this guy's got some crazy pop. It's stylistically kind of a nightmare for a lot of people. Southpaw with a whole lot of power in both hands. And I, this is an insane test for Bam. If he proves this, I think Bam could make a lot of noise, potentially even with the pound-for-pound pound list, because this is a hurdle for when it comes to a young guy that it's just insane. Like I know when it comes to unification fights for young guys, it's always a hurdle, but especially with the opponent in front of you, like that that matters a lot. And this guy, he could, he could knock the spark out of somebody. So huge test for Bam. So how do you think this fight's going to go then? You think it's going to go the distance? I would have to say so because Bam has he has the youth on his side and I do think that probably would be his approach to the fight, you know, box a clean fight, not not mix up too much with with a guy with that much pop. So I I really think if things go well for Bam, it's going to be a decision. If he gets caught, obviously, you can't say that he has the experience to get through those deep waters. So I don't know, things could go wrong for him. But I'm going to be leaning towards a decision for Bam, and I think he's going to be keep moving his way up in the boxing world. Yeah, I think a decision's probably going to be coming too. This doesn't seem like it's going to be one of those fights that's going to end early, like we've been previewing the past couple of weeks. But yeah, I think it's going to go. I think this fight is definitely going to go the distance too. And I'm actually really looking forward to this fight. I don't really know too much about these guys, and. I, now that I'm listening to Christian talk about it, it sounds like this is going to be a really good fight, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's it's a really underrated fight, to be honest, and I think it's kind of a shame. That just happens with fights on the zone because the zone straight up just doesn't get the same attention as, say, Top Rank or PBC does. But, you know, it is what it is. It's a quality fight. I'm going to take it for what it is, and I appreciate it. I love it when great fights are made, and I'm really looking forward to this one. And that does it for another episode of the All Takes No Whips podcast. Another great episode talking some base and previewing the pound for pound list and talking some boxing. But Yeah, man, a lot of moves have been made on this pound for pound list. And I do think that there are some pending fights going on that will also make some changes to it. But just like with boxing, there's a whole lot to look forward to with baseball. And we've just got a whole lot ahead of us to really get into. Yeah, there's a lot more to get into, and we would like to hear from y'all on our social medias. Y'all can follow any of our social medias, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at ATNW Podcast. And you can also follow our personal accounts at ahend 2215 And you can find my Twitter at OnlySports52. This was another great episode, and we look forward to another one next week. Peace. Peace.